Welcome to the To Be Honest podcast, where we dig into the scriptures to find God's truth. I'm your host, Bray DeWalt, wife, mother, and minister. And today we will be talking about the dreaded three-letter word. Mm, Let's talk about sex. I say dreaded because we don't like to talk about sex in the church, which is the very place we should feel comfortable talking about it is because it's in the Bible. So I'm I'm so thankful to be bringing this topic up. I hope that you learned something today. I know even as I was studying, I thought I knew some things, but I'm telling you, I was studying and I found out some things myself. So I'm looking forward to talking about this topic. Now, with that being said, my topic really is, does my body really belong to me? You know, currently we hear so many people say, my body, my choice. I kind of cringe when I hear men and women of God saying it because it makes no sense, especially when God tells us in his word that we are not our own and we were bought with a price. Jesus paid it all for us. So it made me start asking this question. Does my body really belong to me? To be honest, no, (laughs) not according to scripture. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. And I'm going to go ahead and read the whole scripture that I just kind of quoted so that you can really hear it. Okay. And this is coming out of the new King James version. And I'm going to start at verse 19. It says, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God and you are not your own for you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Mm. Now I know a lot of people may not believe this, but that doesn't make it not true. (laughs) A lot of times we can think, well, you know, that was the Bible and it was written this many years ago. But if we're Bible believing or Bible toting, scripture quoting people, and we believe what the word says, then we believe all of what the word says. And so we have to remember that part of it. We have to begin to believe God's word. And so again, in a time where we're currently hearing all the time, my body, my choice, we've got to really look and say, is it really my body, my choice? So now I'm going to take you to, um, first Corinthians seven, one through five. And this is where we're going to talk about that topic of sex just a little bit. I just don't want you to get discouraged. I want you to get encouraged and hear what God says in his word. Amen. So let's go to verse one, starting at verse one um, in uh, chapter seven. And it says, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Nevertheless, because of sexual immorality, let each man have his own wife and let each woman have her own husband. Let the word, I'm sorry, let the husband render to his wife 
the affection due to her. Now, how did I mess that up? Because sometimes we think it's just women who don't want to do, but it's sometimes it can be men. And I think we miss that because we have our, what we think, you know, women are supposed to act like and what we think men are supposed to act like. So let the husband render to his wife the affection due her and likewise also the wife to her husband. Now I found that kind of interesting that he would say the husband first, then he said the wife. Okay. Now verse four, it reads, the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Verse five, this is key. Do not deprive one another except with consent for a time that you may yourselves give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Wow. Now, I had to read this because I hear so many women say, my body, my choice for everything, including marriage. And I don't know how marriage got lumped into that, but here's the, here's the thing about marriage. When we decide that we want to get married, then we negate everything that we thought was my, my, mine. Okay. And the husband negates everything. My, 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 and we come together as one. And see, as we come together as one, then we want to fulfill one another. We want to give ourselves to one another. So it's not that, well, I don't feel like it. And you're just going to have to deal with this is how I feel. Then, then you should have thought about that before you decided to get married. And that's why I hope that even people who aren't married will be willing to listen to this, to understand that before you make that decision, understand what comes with it. It's not about withholding. It's not about, well, you're sleeping on the couch tonight. It's not about I'm going into the separate bedroom. It's not about that. What it is about is about us remembering that we don't belong to ourselves. We belong to one another and that we should not withhold. I also hear women say, well, he can't need sex that bad. Oh, he'll be all right. But that's just not a true statement. It's just not true. And and I think that I, I need to read that just that part again, because I think that people think that, you know, oh, well, he'll be all right. He'll be okay. He doesn't really need it. It's not that bad. And I said it twice because that's for men and women. I said it twice for that reason, because we seem to get again, as I said earlier, get in our minds that, oh, it's just men who want sex that, that couldn't be further from the truth. Now the Bible says, and come together again. And I'm reading verse five at the end. And it says, come together again so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. 
Satan is busy. And I'm telling you, you know, on both sides of the coin, men who are married and are married are throwing themselves at married women. Women who may or may not be married are throwing themselves at uh, married men. And I might have said that backwards, but you, you get the point. The, the, the biggest thing is that men and women are throwing themselves at somebody that's not their own. And so what begins to happen is the enemy comes in. And see, and the, and the Bible is very clear that so Satan does not tempt you because of yourself of lack, uh, your because of your lack of self control. And so I want to ask this question, women, men, how long do you think people can wait? You're fi- how long do you think they can fight off the enemy? And what reasons are you giving that person to fight off the enemy? Because the, it's. The Bible's very clear about that. And so we can't go on saying things like, he'll be okay. She'll be all right. It's, it's, it's sad to see women and think for that matter, you know, men and women to think that withholding is okay. You might have to let that sink in. You might have to say, well, I mean, you, you probably have every excuse. There's so many excuses out there. Well, he, you know, he wasn't nice to me. He didn't treat me good. Well, she didn't clean up the house. She didn't do, you know, this. I've heard all the excuses on both sides of the coin. But the, to be honest, there is no excuse for doing what God said do. And especially not in his word. Now that word fornication means the the lewdness of unmarried persons male or female also the criminal conversation of a married man with an unmarried woman oh my goodness this he the bible the, the definition says the criminal conversation so married men you shouldn't be talking to an unmarried woman And I'm going to say married women, you shouldn't be talking to that unmarried man. The Greek word is pornea, which is the Greek word 4202, meaning holotry, idolatry, I mean, adultery, incest, idolatry, and fornication. So I just told you what fornication meant, but this is exactly what the Greek word, um, 4202 says now you know I like reading commentary but I also like you know asking God to show me what you know he's saying in his word but for today I'm I'm going with I, I believe it's it's either Matthew Henry um it it you know I I like you know several different commentaries but this one in particular really got me And it says the word fornication is used here in the large sense in general for the sake of the purity of society and to avoid the evils of sensual indulgence and the corruptions and crimes which attend an illicit contact. It is proper that the married state should be entered. So understand this. 
there, the Bible is very clear. The reason why we're not into fornication, you know, the reason why many people get married is to avoid fornication. So why would a man or woman get married just to be told they can't have any? Just to be told that somebody else is withholding. When that was one of the reasons, I'm not saying that's the reason that you got married. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that when you do get married, the Bible is very clear to avoid fornication. So we've got to remember that part. People are not just getting married because, oh, you know, I just love him and he just loves me and he looks good and I look good and we're good together. No, there is also an expectation that comes with marriage and we're not supposed to withhold ourselves from one another. Okay. And so it's important for us to understand that. And I loved how even this, this, uh, commentary says, he said, if Paul's advice had been followed by all professed Christians, wow. Imagine where the world would be today that he said, how much evil, how much deep pollution, how many abominable crimes would have been avoided, but they're not avoided because people think that I can get married and now I can choose to withhold. Well, if you want a celibacy, you should have done that before you got married. Can I just be honest? Can I be real? If that's what you wanted, then that's when we should stay single. Now, if you're married, you I'm not telling you to go get a divorce. <laughs> now you're going to have to pray and ask God to help you to, you know, fulfill your husband or wifely duties as a spouse. Now, I I know it's tight. I know it's hard. I I know it, 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 you know, sometimes we want to believe that it's okay. We want to believe if we're working just enough that, that the wife is going to be okay. Not having sex. We, we want to believe that if, if, if the, you know, the husband, the husband or wife is out there and, and, you know, and sees that I'm so tired and I'm so exhausted. They'll just understand. And then they won't want to have sex. That is not a true statement. That does not happen. And I know we want to believe that, but every time that person is rejected, and I have to say that word rejected because that's exactly what that person is feeling. That person is feeling rejected. And every time you reject them, no matter how much of a smile that you use or any form of manipulation that you might use, doesn't change the fact that the enemy is coming after that person. And the enemy is trying to get, trying to talk to them and say, look, you're not getting it from here, but maybe you could get it from here. I need you to understand how powerful the enemy is in marriage. That's why you see a lot of Christian marriages ending in divorce because people don't understand what marriage requires. Now, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I've been married for 27 years. This year, this past Ju- July, 
I've been married for 27 years and marriage is not for the faint at heart. You've got to work through the ups and downs. You got to work through those things. And so if, if you come to this place and you find, you know, I'm really having a hard time here, then we got to pray and ask God to give you a desire for your husband. Ask God to give you a desire for your wife. Because what we're, if we're not doing that, we're allowing Satan to come on in and wreak havoc over the marriage. And, and, uh, and so understand, even when I read verse five, I'm going to start there again. I'm just going to start with verse five. Okay. It says, it, 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 I mean, I'm sorry. Do not deprive one another. Do not deprive one another. Now, if you read it in the King James, I read it in the New King James, but if you read it in the King, um, New King James, I mean, in the King James, I'm sorry, that word um, deprive me is defraud ye not. Defraud is deprive. Don't deprive your spouse. Don't deprive your spouse. Now, Paul gives one reason why it could be okay. And it says with a mutual consent. So if you're telling your spouse, not tonight, honey, guess what? That's not a mutual consent. He's very clear with a mutual consent. That's why we can't say my body, my choice. If I don't feel like it, I don't have to. You're married. You're married. So except with a mutual understanding that you may engage in the extraordinary duties of religion. Not that you not that you really had to fast for that, but in some occasions in some fasting, some some things that we're really believing God for, we might we might have to fast from sex. But guess what? Not but for a short time. Because even even while we're we're fasting, the enemy can still try to come in. One commentary says it like this, that Satan take not advantage of you and throw you into temptation and fill you with thoughts and passions, which the marriage compact was designed to remedy. Because see, that's what happens when we're not with our spouse. When we're, when we're defrauding our spouse, that's what those, those temptations, those thoughts and those passions, they overtake you. But this is something we're supposed to have in marriage. That was what marriage was designed for, for us to fulfill that, our passions and our desires for our spouse. But too many times, too many to count (laughs) so that people believe that they'll be all right. They'll be okay. Is your spouse strong enough to be able to fight against the enemy? Because that's what you're causing your spouse to have to do when you decide to withhold. And to me, that can't be love. That can't be love if you're wanting to see your spouse suffer just because of my body, my choice. So... In closing, (laughs) I honestly did not think I would be here this long, but in closing, I want to say this. 
Satan knows the temperament and disposition of men and women. He knows how to tempt us, but not only tempt, you know, not only tempt us of hatred, quarrels <laughs> with one another. Cause if, if, if somebody's withholding, there's going to be some fights. There's going to be some arguments. There's going to even be some hatred. Okay. But not only that, but it leads to impure lusts and desires. We, you know, we see that, um, you, uh, porn, pornography is running rampant and people don't even know how to break themselves free of it but pornography is running rampant and it's because people are withholding sex from their spouse it's allowed the enemy to just come in and take over it allows for, for adultery and fornication And then, you know, if if the person does, unfortunately, there are people who are are weak and they do cheat. But you get upset and say, how could it be? It shouldn't have been that serious. But it is that serious because Satan wants to come in. He wants to destroy marriages. So remember, it should only be for a short time. As men and women of God, withholding from one another is just plain wrong. And I pray that if you found yourself in this situation, you need to repent and ask your spouse to forgive you and move forward into marital bliss. It can be great from here. And then also pray and ask God to give you a desire for your spouse. Ask God that. Because that's important. Now, I think I I, I covered that as much as I possibly could today. (laughs) I just want to say, you know, I know people might not be happy about this. But to be honest, it's time to open our minds to new and greater possibilities. And those new and greater possibilities can be a marriage that like never before. So I want to thank you for joining me here on to, on the To Be Honest podcast, where Tuesday is Truth Day and Jesus is Lord. Now stay tuned for the next episode. Remember, you can reach me on Instagram, which is To Be Honest podcast. Thanks again and have a blessed time in the Lord. Amen.